0: Jim, can you tell me more about this notebook you've got that you're writing into? Right oh now?
1: yeah, so uh, so my sister is uh, should be well hated. She's part of the landlord class. Oh, um, she Ooh. she has a, a small one bedroom apartment above her detached garage in the village of Lancaster, and uh, she had this like eighteen or nineteen year old uh, tenant. He he made pizzas at Grossel's Pizza, and he moved out and. He had, like, I'm showing these guys this notebook. The notebook, it's it's made out of the front and back cover of a VHS tape. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so it's, it's kind of an Etsy except, thing, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like an
1: Etsy thing. And then with paper, this one happens to be uh, Ian McKellen and Brendan Fraser vehicle, Gods and Monsters, which I thought it has my notes on pol- politicians, so I thought that was an <laughs> uh, Appropriate. Uh, but, like, so he left, like, six boxes of these what? behind. And she was like, "Hey, I know that this is like your like side thing, and you make extra money. Like, where are you? Like, can I deliver these to you?" He's like, "I just just keep them."
2: Okay. And she's so, like, "So he made these? He
1: made these? I mean, and like you know, he spoke, yeah, and okay. and, and right. like put the wire through and all that stuff. Like, had to spend like." It looks professional. Many hours doing this. Mm-hmm. Unrelated, Jim is now selling notebooks
3: made out of old VHS tapes.
2: Yeah. So, this guy, this, this pizza maker, he moved out of your sister's apartment. He's like, I'm putting all that behind me. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. That's who I used to be. New year, new me. Do you have any
0: of uh, 1994's The Mask? Yeah, I'll have to look and see. What right. we have. There's a lot of like. You pay
1: top dollar for that. One. Like old westerns and like 50s musicals. He he wasn't just like getting like the boxes, but was actually going to like thrift stores and buying the full tapes. I I don't know what he did with the tapes after.
2: Yeah, I mean, oh, right. sure. that's the mystery. He's clean. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Well, laughs> They're buried in the backyard. <laughs> well, or yeah, maybe, maybe,
0: maybe there's a particular VHS that has some buried treasure in it or something like that. Right. Some some secret, you know, unknown thing that he's trying to hide from everyone else. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. He, he actually a lot of these were probably were
1: like rare collectors tapes, but he yeah. was like, I don't know that, and yeah, just cuts yeah, them yeah, up. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
3: it's a Cool notebook though.
1: Yeah, it, it was looks I, pretty cool. Yeah, I mean it's, it's pretty nice. Like my uh my father had I me. Mean, was like jokingly, he was like, "Do you want some of these?" I was like, "Seriously?" I was like, "Yeah, absolutely." Like uh, I always could use notebooks. Could always use notebooks. We're always taking notes. What what
0: are your thoughts on the uh
1: the film The Notebook? Uh, I, 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 until I get a notebook made out of The Notebook. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not <laughs> if,
3: if 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 you're a bird, I'm a bird, Ryan Oh, thank you, Ree. Yeah, have you seen the Notebook? Of course.
0: Okay. Who some people ha- hey, I've never seen the Notebook. I've it, never well, seen Jim, the notebook. All right, Jim's Super. never seen any movies. Right. It might be too much for some people to handle emotionally. But, but uh, you know that's right. and that's typically fair that I've
1: never seen any movies. But I've actually I on Friday I went and saw Nope. Was it oh, good? Oh. Yeah, I liked it. Oh, okay. cool.
0: I hear good things. Yeah. yeah. Did you see it all downtown?
1: Right. No, I, I saw it at the drive in in Lockport. Hmm. Opposite of downtown. yeah. Literally the polar opposite of being downtown for it. <laughs>
3: Well, if you could not tell, we have a special guest with us, friend of the pod, friend, Jeff Kelly of Investigative Post. Jeff, what's up, man?
2: Hey, glad to be here.
3: Glad to have you. Glad to have you. We are doing the vegetables today. Mm -hmm. It's going to be the roasted, buttery, gooey goodness of campaign finance. Mm -hmm. And we'll get to that um, in a little bit here. But let's start off with news of the week, guys. We've got an international assassin. Mm -hmm. He's dangerous. He's armed. He's coming for your Republican gubernatorial candidate. Mm
2: -hmm. He came from Fairport.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. The Lee Zeldin assassination
2: attempt. (laughs) Lee Harvey Zeldin. (laughs) Oh boy.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it really is dangerous to go alone.
3: It's it's rough out there, man. Yeah. It's it's rough. If if you're if you're unfamiliar with the story, I, I encourage you to familiarize yourself, at least to see the picture of the uh, attacker on on Mister Zeldin mm-hmm. um, and and the apparatus by which he was trying to mm-hmm. assassinate Mister yeah, Zeldin. The
2: apparatus. <laughs> I just like to put something <laughs> on the table right here, right now. Yep. About the weapon. Take a look at that thing. That. <laughs> That little toy cat with those sharp, sharp ears.
0: Definitely went to Pennsylvania and picked it up at a combination fireworks store. <laughs> Possibly, but arts,
2: where but. do you think it was manufactured? Where oh. would you guess? Oh, come on, say it. We need, we need a clip of Donald Trump. China. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 all I, uh-huh. it's all coming together. It's all coming together.
1: You mean I, I can't get those at that "Made in the USA" store?
2: <laughs> you can. <laughs> well, they're made. They are also made in China. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> Like imagine getting got by some Hello
0: Kitty brass knuckles. Not how I would but, want to go down. It doesn't look like Zelda put you had to put up too much of a struggle to get this guy away from him, right? I mean, I, I made the mention earlier. It was worse choreography than like a seventies martial arts film.
2: Well, he is uh, a know. member of Congress and what? thus highly trained.
0: Yeah, right. yeah. Well, this guy also, I guess, the the assailant. He was a forty something year old army veteran, right? So I don't know. I figured he'd he'd probably. Be a little more skilled than what what you displayed. They're,
2: they don't they don't train with Hello Kitty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's, if anybody give was, the, was, give uh, the guy an M one and he can, as
1: anybody who's ever played D anD before, you know, with improvised weapon, you're yeah. r-
0: suffering penalties. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so this was D and D based, right? Yeah, like, yeah,
1: like Stranger Things, right? Yeah, and
0: uh, Lee Zeldin made his saving throw. So there's possibly more than meets the eye to this whole <laughs> right, thing, right? Yeah, I mean, that's,
2: that's, <laughs> that you, it, almost certainly much less than. This.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so so Zeldin and, and, and his ilk use it as an opportunity to politicize the whole Bell Reform thing, right? Well,
1: let's, yeah. it, so that was what he was making a speech about. That was yeah, about yeah. Bell
0: Reform. And then was,
1: you know, seems convenient. Uh, let's let's be generous. Almost murdered, and then and then like immediately the guy's released, and they're like, well, he's not really a threat to anybody. I mean, he wasn't even a threat to you, and like clearly you're not like some imposing physical specimen. Right. So how difficult? Like, and
0: so he was like, ah, this is why bail reform is bad. <laughs> but but the reason he was released is because he wasn't charged with like attempted murder or anything like right. that. They, right? They could have
2: they could have put a top charge on him. Right. that Right? Right? In in the, in uh, custody, but they didn't. Right, right. They didn't. They didn't so, right. charge the guy. Well, they, oh, they, they not did. with not, but not with like attempted like a, murder. Yeah, okay. not like with
1: like a, a oh. class A
0: felony. Yeah,
2: yeah. Not, not okay. Yeah, I mean, so
0: so, so it's less a uh, uh, less an indictment on on the whole bail reform thing as it stands in New York State, and more what they charge a guy with.
2: And they being a DA right who supports Zeldin right, so hmm.
0: Hmm. yeah.
3: That's all. That's official Square podcast position on this. Hmm. 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 Things that make you go. hmm. Well, good. Best of luck out there to uh, to Lee Zeldin. Stay safe. Here's my
1: thing: is that in the streets. if, If after this, if we see like a noticeable bump in the polls for Lee Zeldin, I would be fairly surprised if we didn't get a similar attack on Nick Langworthy soon. Oh.
2: <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> Don't But it'll be it'll be a we'll much better finance us. operation <laughs> yeah. than these Eldens would be assassination. it will be real classy, right? You know, he'll hire someone really good. <laughs> so, something
0: will definitely come down with, from a wire, or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. yeah. Mission Impossible. It's
2: okay. Stuff. The state Republican Party will pay for it. It's not. Yeah, right.
3: yeah. Oh Lord. Well, yeah. That's that's honestly, barring something really unforeseen, I think this assassination attempt might be the most excitement we're getting out of this uh, governor's race this year. Truth be told, but we'll see who else pops up out of the woodwork to attack our political figures. (laughs) Ah, Moving on. More local. The maps. You remember the maps. The Councilmatic District maps. The maps that uh, well, everybody hated because they kind of sucked and by kind of sucked, I mean they really sucked because they mostly were the same old, same old City of Buffalo Council maps were voted on. Jim, how did they do it?
1: Uh. They didn't do like a roll call vote, right? They just they just motion to approve, second. All right, see you guys later. We meetings over. Uh, it reminded me very much actually of uh, when I worked for the county ledge during the red green budget nonsense. And so by the charter, the the county legislature is it's supposed to be a very long uh, meeting, and they're supposed to vote like line item uh, and. During the regular budget, because it was, like, 2 o'clock in the morning and they were running up against it anyways, um, Jeannie Chase made a motion, I, think, I believe it was Jeannie, to, like, suspend the rules and just vote on everything as a block. And Chuck Swannick was chairing. and was like, yeah, we're going to do that. Turn I look at, like, Mike Ranshoff. I was like, you can't just suspend the country, country charter. Like, like suspend the <laughs> rules is like a parliamentary procedure thing. It's like Robert's Rules type of thing. It's not like we're just are going to choose to ignore laws right now. Right. I don't, that, I'm not saying that the common council ignored laws, other than like the open meeting law, uh, but like they did do it as quickly as possible, so there was no discussion. Right. I think it was just in and out. Well, they, did we talk about this last week? The, last I, week I, was, announced? I would say I, the average person takes longer to go number two than that meeting did. <laughs> it,
2: it lasted less than two, just under two minutes, and you couldn't actually hear the vote because the chanting had already started. Wow. As soon as they called the vote, they, you know, they were like. Seventy people in the room, which was pretty, which who were assembled pretty quickly, right? Because didn't find out about the meeting until like three thirty, right, the afternoon before. Most, not all, of the council members scurried out the the exits on the council floor rather than than walk up the stairs. Ferrello and Scanlon did face the crowd, and Scanlon and I got uh, got an earful for it. Uh, Ferrello, in his inimitable style, had managed. To just sort of drift by, <laughs> talk to a couple reporters, and then left.
3: What's what's the sense um, in your professional opinion here, Jeff? What what is the sense you gather? Do you think that the council members are just hoping that this was maybe a tempest in a teapot and it'll blow over and then people will forget about it, um, or do you think it's something that they're going to be worried about a bit more long term because uh, one city act, or our city action Buffalo, our, our friends over there. Um, who who by and large pushed the alternative council maps are now saying, you know, we're going to primary every member of the council who, who voted yes on this, which again, they didn't actually vote. They just had a motion and it was, it was over. Um, How, if, if, and you don't have to, you know, I know you talk to people off the record sometimes, but what, I guess, what is your sense of how the council or how the people around city hall are feeling after this motion?
2: Well, it's it's exactly as you say. I believe that they think uh, that it will fade in public memory. That maybe it won't even even if it didn't. Maybe it's not that effective a political tool, anyway. Because I mean, it's not very sexy saying he voted for redistricting. Blah blah blah. Oh God, it's a, you know, it's not a it's not a great campaign tool. Mm-hmm. But that said, and and all of them know, and many have expressed to me. Of course, we're going to get the crap beaten out of us. It's redistricting every 10 years. You get the crap beaten out of you because somebody, or in this case, everybody Mm -hmm. doesn't like what you're doing. Um, the thing is, you know, there's going to be a lawsuit and that lawsuit will get filed, you know, sometime in the next month, probably whenever, after the mayor has a public hearing and is probably is ready to send it, ready to sign it and send it to the board of elections. That's probably the point at which a lawsuit gets filed. And I think probably our city action, even though they've got to pay for lawyers presumably and raise money to do that, would like that lawsuit to last as long as possible. You know, if it lasts through the fall, that's great because then it'll take them into the election cycle Mm -hmm. for next year so that our city action and their allies can continue to make hay of it in part so that their favorite candidates don't have to get caught Talking about something as boring as redistricting when they're lucky enough to have a mic in front of them. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, you're right. Like gerrymandering, it like isn't sexy. Like people, like people, like generally, go, oh, I think gerrymandering's bad. And like, well, what do you think about it in this particular case? Like, wow, well, I like this guy. Um, and that's also like that's the thing is like if the council did an effective job of gerrymandering, it won't hurt them, right? If they, if you do it w- well, then you've worked your way around that issue, anyways.
2: Right. The the only person, the only the only candidate against whom it could be effectively used is probably Mitch Nilkowski because he is in the district that looks the worst and which is obviously, in this case, the bad district that was, redraw- that was drawn 11 years ago is maintained in that terrible shape to keep him in his district. Mm-hmm. You know, 11 years ago, it was for Frangic, It was the deal between Frangic and Pridgen. This time, it's really kind of for him. Mm-hmm. So a candidate running against Mitch can maybe because it looks so absurd can mm. say you did this to keep your house right and and maybe that's a that's a more simple story but i don't think you can use it against joe Golumbic. well that's
1: right. i mean yeah i mean like there's certain district like galambic and like scan like those districts basically draw themselves they just don't change that Um uh, you know like yeah I, mean, I think that i think the lovejoy district is very suspect looking um uh, it certainly has dipped down bit. into areas where, like, you know, I don't think most people who live in the old First Ward would consider themselves part of Lovejoy, but now they are. Right. And so I think that one's certainly a, a questionable district. Delaware, like, it, that doesn't really change that much. University basically looks relatively the same, no matter who's drawing it.
2: Right. Same with Maston.
1: Uh, yeah, well, Maston and, and Ellicott, like, they shift a little bit of some, uh, you know, maybe one picks up half a neighborhood and, and loses another half. But, I mean, basically they look relatively similar. Yeah um you know and niagara is fine um you know when we get to the campaign finance you like i think that's one reason why you see you know somebody like mitch raising as much money as he's been raising is that he understands like maybe this is something that people could criticize him on so he wants to head that off by having more money than most of the other members of the council yeah uh, so that he can discourage people from running against him yeah well, and, and, and certainly them they're,
3: they're just doing this as a motion and seconded probably to protect somebody like Mitch, I would think, right, from having to have a, an actual vote on this or is this? Well,
1: I mean, it, it, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that they're, they're doing it to protect like somebody like Mitch. So he does not have to be on record officially saying, yes, I, I want to have this district. But I think a lot of it is also like most of them to feel uncomfortable with any kind of like conflict with the public and they didn't want to have any opportunity for it to be open to public comments with that many people there. Yeah. You know, Joel just like, like kind of like sliding in and out of rooms and, and never actually talking to anyone. Like he doesn't want to c- confront the public.
2: Yeah. Privately among the council members, this has been very contentious because it's been so embarrassing because they got called out and it got, and really sort of made to look foolish. the, ersatz minority is even more pissed than usual at the ersatz majority because they're like you guys you're the majority you did this Mm -hmm. you know not that we would have done anything differently but you're the ones who bungled this and we weren't involved the majority are at each other's were at least briefly at each other's throats over it too because because they're like who who messed this up Mm -hmm. why did you know that's just the the impression I've. got. It's exposed a lot of, well, frankly, already exposed drifts.
3: Right. I guess my question here: Did anybody mess it up, or is this just a natural? Or, and maybe we'll never know. We're probably not privy I, to something. of that I will say, but- I
1: think, like I've mentioned uh, before, like I think when our city, uh, when we had Harper on, and he was mentioning like that, they called central staff and asked about like when are you guys going to have this hearing. And I think that there was probably some panic by the staff. And so they said, all right, well, we'll have this hearing right away. And like I said at the time, I think that was a tactical error. If they had this, this meeting and hearing that they had last week, which basically didn't exist, if they had said, all right, well, we, we do have to have like a meeting about this by the end of July by the city charter, so instead of meeting in June and giving you guys a time to actually talk and to in a whole month to get like press and to and to beat us up, we delay all the way to the end of July and then do it. You basically take any opportunity for our city to actually speak. Like once they presented their plan in public and they got more people interested, they were able to get some momentum behind them and get more people to, to critique the council. If the council had tactically said, All right, well, we'll just we won't say anything about this for another month and just hide it. Um Basically, not talking about it that that kind of nullifies some of our city's ability to to bring up peop- to people's attention.
2: Alternately, they could have uh, they could have done what previous commissions have done, which is actually have a bunch of public meetings. Yeah, you don't have to do what the public asks you to do, but you do have to listen to them, right? And and if you do, then you buy yourself a lot of insulation. Another thing they could have and should have done, and you know who could have and should have is I feel ridiculous even saying that, but. <laughs> is when the commission, you know, was done with their work, they should have presented not one, mm-hmm. but several alternatives so that then the council members could go, hmm, a very interesting choices. Let's see, hmm, hmm, which one did we all agree on? And choose that one.
1: Right, I mean, and that's, you know, what they did like 12 years ago when yeah. they did it. Uh, Rusty, who's, you know, drawing this this alternative map now was actually on the commission 12 years ago and at that time had an alternative map to the map that was accepted. It uh, looked pretty similar to the one that he proposed this year, uh, including the formation of an Elwood district, which is also something that, like, uh, I think it was Pridgen was like, well, it creates a new district and we can't do that. And they're like, no, it doesn't create a new district. It, like it, it It's the same number of districts they just have different names. There's nothing in like the charter. Like you don't have to like yeah, have a referendum or pass anything to change the names of the districts. And it realistically, you wouldn't have to change the name if you didn't want to. You could. It could be Allentown and Elmwood, and you could call it Fillmore because who gives a shit what it's called? Right. It could. It's, <sighs> you could use the same name. It just happens to be a different shaped district than what you guys already had. Um, so that argument was just total nonsense.
2: Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: You know, I'm. I'm.
3: I'm skeptical of our city's stated goal of primarying every council member. I don't know if that is going to be an effective way to do that. Um, They probably are better off uh, maybe targeting one, two, or even three as opposed to nine uh, races next year. But
0: based on what though, based based on
3: based on on funding, based on messaging um, it's, you know, I think you're kind of diluting, you know, you're firing in nine different directions as opposed to, you know, one or two or three. Mm-hmm. Um, it just makes it hard to be focused, to have volunteers, to get media out there. And I think you would be much more effective just, again, pinpointing something. But I will say, to their credit, it does seem that the members of the council right now, they're not the smartest tactically speaking.
0: Like they're. I mean, we just came up with better ideas than what they had actually done this year. Just in the 10 minutes talking, right? So to your point, there may be more, excluding me, more brain power in this room than the entire council. Well, maybe for the gerrymandering issue. Maybe, but what I'm saying is that they, they could very well be caught on their heels
3: right. uh, when it comes election time. Now, will that matter? Eh, we'll see. But it's just, it's not a harbinger of good things for uh, any primaries they may face in the future, I think. And this is just one guy's opinion here. Um if they can't handle this redistricting uh, redistricting thing, which is a, a pretty rote thing, like you said, Jeff, like there's, there's kind of a handbook on how to do this. You have your public meetings, you know, okay, everybody's bored to tears, but at the end of the day, you get a map and nobody makes too much of a stink about it. Um, the fact is, in this case, you let, you know, a, a rabble-rousing group like our city turn this into a, a bigger deal than maybe it... Not that it shouldn't have been. I think it should be a big deal. The civic stuff is important, but I'm saying a bigger deal for the council than it needed to be I mean, yeah, you, for I mean, them.
1: You had a Buffalo News editorial basically saying that the council was being being a piece of shit by ramming this through. Two of right. them. I think that one of the dangers is going to be basically for these council members is that you know there's going to be this lawsuit. If the city wins that lawsuit... I could see some of the council members going like, well, see, we don't really have to worry about these. The our city people, they're not that much of a threat. Like they they threw their best punch as far as we're concerned at this redistricting thing. And we were able to beat them back. So how how much of a problem can they be in a primary? And I agree with you, Rhea. I, I think running nine primaries, uh, unless like unless they're way better funded than I think they are. Like if they have, and I, and I'm. This is not exaggerating. I think in order to run effective primaries in all nine councilmatic districts next year, you need about a million dollars, maybe a little bit more, uh, because all the incumbents have the advantages of being incumbent. And as we get to later, some of them have fifty, sixty thousand dollars. So you're going to have to probably outspend them to beat them in that. And and they have fifty, sixty thousand dollars now, and that's you know if they have a real race, they can raise money. Uh, so it's going to be expensive. Some of the districts are going to be a little bit cheaper, but like on average, it's going to be about 100000 dollars to run an effective primary to beat you know entrenched incumbents in some of these seats. That's a lot of money and a lot of volunteer resources. Where like if you take a chunk out and take like three or four seats, and then you like of the leftover council members. One or two of them probably just like jump on board and do whatever you want, anyways. There's not a lot of of the current council members who are like super strongly like activists or ideologically driven. And so if they see, like, you have an opportunity to make that, put them in the majority of the, the council, I think you get one or two to jump on with you anyways.
2: Whereas if you run primaries against all nine people, but you only win one or two seats? Those people are ostracized. Those people are ostracized. You've just united mm-hmm. a divided council against your people. Yep. So, so yeah, it really makes sense. And there are, and Jim, you're totally right, There's there are already natural alliances on the council. There are people who would welcome... Uh, another progressive into their caucus mm-hmm. to get that majority proof yep. or uh, veto proof majority yep. without having to rely on Joel Farolato. And there's only really only a couple council seats that are realistically vulnerable anyway.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, look, I, lots of people, including myself, have issues with Joe golombek but that seems like a very hard fight to try to, to pry him out of there.
2: Yeah. That is that you, one shouldn't even think about it. Yeah. And unless, unless you're from that neighborhood, and you are an up and comer, and you think, "Gosh, I am just like a young Joe Gallowback," but that's not that's not a race that's going to be organized by our city action, right? That's going to be some organic out of the neighborhood uh, institutions growth.
1: Yeah, because like that's that's a seat that uh, I, I if our city ran somebody because it's it's so different uh, of a district, they could throw a quarter of a million dollars at that seat and lose, right? Whereas like the only real chance, like you said, Jeff, to unseat Coloc there would be somebody from the neighborhood with some grassroots and who's got a bunch of connections there. and then, and then it might be like a $30,000 race, which is, would be very cheap for a common council, but because they have a bunch of things built in that strengthen them in that district, our city is definitely an outsider for that district. and, yeah. and they would be spending a lot of money and you know they could they'll find somebody who lives in that district and maybe even grew up there. Um, but it's going to be a very, very hard fight. Do Do we have any names floated
3: at this point other than India Walton for these council seats, or are we still very much in the
1: early stages of this? I think it's. I think as far as I know, we're in the early stages. I, I've heard a couple of names, but nothing like more like India. It seems pretty definitive. Uh, other names I've just started to like, kind of like bounced around a little bit, but like nothing that I would feel comfortable saying yet, because like same, they could very easily be not really actually that interested. It may be something on the organizing side or it's been some people I know who who are interested, but you know, the organization that might not be interested in them.
2: Yeah. And some folks who are, I, I know of at least one person who's thinking of running, I think would be a great candidate, but is not going to invite uh, punishment in advance, mm-hmm. you know?
3: I wonder, too, not not to spend too much time on this, but I wonder, too, I know it's anathema for the folks over at our city uh, to even think about dealing with Jeremy Zellner and the Democratic Party. But I, I do wonder if, if, you know, if if they were really serious about winning some of these primaries, if there were candidates that they wanted to unseat who weren't, you know, in especially good standing with the Democratic Party, they might come together and say, hey, we have a candidate that we want mm-hmm. to endorse or push or if our city just wants to have their own organization independent of the local democratic party
1: i think and I, we mentioned that before like i think that's also one of the issues that our city's going to run into um, is that uh they, they seem to have been taking this uh road of we're not even interested in being on the committee essentially i don't i don't think they mean it as we're too good for that we don't we don't even need to be at that table but if you're a committee member or you've been on the Democratic Committee and, and you've worked your way up and, and you have bought into that, that's how you're taking it. You're essentially, our city says basically, you're a piece of shit. We're better than you are. We don't need your organization. We don't need you. Uh, we can do it without you. We can do it our own way. And so they're going to probably engender a lot of uh, animosity from ECDC people. So, like, I think because, like, you know, the, they skipped committees this year and they've basically announced that that's the way they want to go i don't know that there's even like yeah they they get no issue with they or they get issues with zellner and maybe he doesn't want to work with them but i don't know that the rank and file council uh, committee members would want to work with our city right now anyways we say this from a place of love by the way too because i mean we're obviously
3: supportive of what our city's doing but we, we're cognizant that you know tactically
1: yeah they've been not taking all the right steps right now in our opinion I'm not sure whether they're taking the right steps or not. Like I guess we'll see next year yeah. what are what the correct steps are. I just think like, you know, these are potential issues that, you know, luckily Buffalo is so heavily democrat that like these aren't enough to potentially splinter a district to go Republican. It could be an issue if our city average goes instead of looking at council seats starts looking at like county legislator seats then that would be a chance where the Republicans would jump in and say, okay, like they're not jumping into like Howard Johnson's or like April's districts, like the first or the second, but really? you're know, like other districts like, like the Chamura district, they, the Republicans could, could go if there was like a fight there, they would go absolutely. This is our chance to take over the, the majority of the county legislature.
3: Yeah. Well, we'll keep an eye on it and um, stay tuned for the council stuff. Uh, a couple more things on the board before we get into the campaign finance. anything, you got here, Snake, on the CBA, the stadium community benefits oh, agreement. Oh, not much. No,
0: all, all I've read this week was that, um, you know, they're, they're keeping it kind of secret. Either I, I can't Mark. talk about it. I've, okay. had to,
2: I've been asked by Mark Polencars to sign a non-disclosure agreement. <laughs> right. So I can't, uh, I can no longer share uh, news with the public. Oh, well, That's a relief. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank Oof. you. All right. <laughs> Not you, Jeff.
3: I mean, just you know, we, we don't need to hear about. No, I'm just kidding. That's of course, we want to hear more about it. We won't hear more about it because they're doing it. They're negotiating. Sure. I mean, that's that's what there is right secret. now. Yeah, um,
0: yeah. It just sucks. It but uh, but but
2: as it turns out, they're not negotiating it really, right? Because it sounds like the state has already drafted mm-hmm. a CBA, yeah. which they're sending to the meetings. I assume in order to be ratified by whoever is allowed in those meetings, right? And
1: they they want it to be ratified just like the council voted on the maps. No discussion, just say yes. Quietly,
2: like show it and say, approved, Mm -hmm. let's put it away. And no community groups have been involved in negotiations in any way. There were a a handful of community groups that were asked, were told, in fact, you're going to be part of our outreach team, like you're going to go talk to the people for us. Okay. But you don't get to come to the meetings. There's no skin in right. the game. Yeah. You, you don't get to come to the meetings oh, wow. or anything. You just—I don't like that deal.
0: No, it's a bad deal. Yeah, I mean,
2: it's a really—it's not a community. Whatever comes out of this is not a community benefits agreement and should not be called that by right. anybody. It's—it's
3: it's frankly quite a bit disturbing that they don't even have the uh, the pretense anymore of public engagement. Like it just—you know—with this with the council thing, like they're not even putting on a show for you anymore.
2: Right, and th- that's the thing. I mean, again, the CBA when it is finally unveiled to us, maybe it'll be fantastic. Maybe it'll be great. Maybe they're going to build like a train all the way to, to the football stadium. Maybe there's going to be like, it's going to be just magnificent free tickets for poor kids. I don't know, but it doesn't matter because the process is so bad. Right. And also I will guarantee that whatever they produce, even if it's wonderful, will not be legally enforceable in any way.
3: <laughs> sounds, sounds like, great. Like the previous CBA, right?
2: Right. Yeah.
3: Uh, last thing on the board here: Tops. The Tops was it? Elma Tops? Elmwood. Elmwood. Yeah. Yeah. Elmwood Tops. Elmwood, yeah. Elma Tops received on the street from here. Received a call and threat from Spokane, Washington. Right? Was that where that Yahoo was from? Somewhere in Washington. Somewhere say. in Washi- Walla Walla, uh, yeah. Walla, Washington. Right. Yeah. yeah. Drunk Some, on apples. Drunk on apples. <laughs> yes. Called in to uh, called in a terrorist and threat. This to is the not the only situation. threat he
0: called in. He, he's been calling in various places around the country. Right. Oh, is that right? Yeah. 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 Oh, I missed
1: that. Yeah. Th- this yeah. is. This is his, his, the number one thing on his Tinder profile is, I call in threats to places all across the country. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: <laughs> you may have heard of me from such <laughs> threats. <stresses. laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
3: I, I have nothing
0: else to say, but what a fucking idiot. Yeah, yeah well, I guess, I, I, evidently he was apprehended, I guess, after this incident. Um, uh-huh. You know, he threatened, I guess, to, he, we called this Tops, but thre- also threatened, again, the, the Jefferson Avenue Tops. Right. No. Yeah, no. it was. And it's his threat to like the Elmwood Tops
1: is that he was going to come and kill all the the black people at the Elmwood yeah. Tops. It's a um, pretty
0: diverse store. I go it, in there all the time. Yeah, it is yeah. a pretty a pretty diverse store. As a matter, matter of fact, I went in there day after
1: this happened, not knowing that it happened. Right. So I, uh, there's one thing we don't have on the board. I, I did want to bring up. I don't yeah. you guys to see this, uh, Jeff. This must be Greg Kelly from Newsmax for some relative of yours. <laughs>
2: <laughs> My grandfather used to say, "If he's a Kelly, he's your cousin." Yeah. <laughs> so.
1: uh, did you guys see this, uh, Greg Kelly from Newsmax? What he, he's getting he got a little. Blowback, he said about Kathy Hochul that uh, the only thing she's really done is uh, be somebody's wife. Oh God! He said this. Uh, He said this. That's terrible. She's done lots of terrible (laughs) things. (laughs) She sucks on her own (laughs) marriage. On her own. Yeah. He said this while interviewing Lee Zeldin. Oh, oh boy! Awesome oh, boy! Awesome. What did what did what did the legend have to say? About oh, I, 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 he just like immediately like went around like the, yeah. uh, I'd, ra- I'd rather get stabbed by a Hello Kitty. Again. <laughs> he, said,
2: he said, "Are you an assassin?" <laughs> oh wow! All right.
3: Well, well, it's time for the vegetables, guys. We're talking campaign finance. We're talking filings. We're talking the moolah, the money. You want to know who has it. You want to know who spent it. And by God, we're doing the Lord's work here for you to let you know what the fat stacks or not so fat stacks of campaign accounts are looking like here in Western New York. So,
1: Jim, lead us off. All right, well, let's, I want to start with uh, the only like big race that we just had, which is the county clerk race, the, the Democratic primary for county clerk. Um, so our erstwhile incumbent, Michael P. Kearns. Mickey. Basic, if, so there was three filings that basically just happened if you were in the primary. The 32-day pre-primary, uh, 11-day pre-primary, and then the semi-annual uh, periodic filing on July 15th. Over those three filings, just on like this, the the primary in July, Mickey spent a little over one hundred forty-one thousand uh, dollars. The biggest expense there was uh, forty-four thousand dollars to Nexus Point Strategy, which is Rich Horner's right consulting firm. He only had like twenty-two thousand dollars left, like like twenty-two and a half. Brian and I talked about last week or two weeks ago that we thought. It made sense for Mickey to like take this shot in the dark that he could win the primary and then maybe have no race. That was under my uh, understanding or like belief that maybe like the numbers were flipped that he spent twenty two five and he had one hundred forty one left for right. November
2: because that seems a much a much healthier gamble, like right. a yeah, much yeah, that's, more reasonable that, that, gamble. Right,
1: that's that's a much more reasonable gamble. Like you know, that's like pot odds in poker, right? Right. Like, yeah, yeah. The, the, your odds are, are way better and like your loss is very like if you if you lost. 22 and a half out of your 165, do you wish you would have won? Yeah. Like, is it acceptable? Sure. Like, it's like 22.5. Like, like I said, 22.5 doesn't, like, you don't even get to run, like, supervisor in, like, the town of Lancaster for 22.5. It's it's more expensive. So for your shot to, like, not have any race in November, that would be a reasonable expense. $141,000 is not a reasonable expense on basically taking a flyer.
2: No, especially because, as you've pointed out, it's not like the Republicans are going to, like, pour money into his race. He's an incumbent. He should be faring for himself here. Campbell, she she doesn't have a lot of money left in her bank account either, but she's going to get the full support of the county party. Well, she's going to get the full
1: support of the county party, and like we mentioned also, like, you know, people were, is she even a viable candidate? Well, she certainly showed that she's viable now. And so it's much easier to raise money for her now. And it's going to be much harder for him to raise money, uh, two, or two reasons. One, he just got crushed in a primary where, where he spent a ton of money. She did outspend him, but he spent a ton of money, and he had all these years and of name recognition and the incumbency. But also, generally, he gets a lot of his money from Carl, who, if you're not paying attention, is a little busy right now. Right, right. And so he's not going to just be, like, doling out money to Mickey. And then at the county level, like... And no- when November comes around, one, they expect Mickey to be able to handle it. But two, if it comes down to supporting Mickey, who has never changed his affiliation, still proudly tells everybody he's been a lifelong registered dem, or taking any extra money they have and giving it to Ed Rath to try to save the the like grandchild of the person who has his name on the fucking county building right. against Sean Ryan, they're going to help Ed Rath over Mickey Kearns six out of every seven days
2: yes
3: yeah i you know i speculated before i knew what the funding situation was i speculated whether or not it was a folly for mickey to even be in this primary to begin with and now i i would say that you know with the gift of hindsight and i'm i'm a genius but uh <laughs> also that there there could be some logic here that maybe pushing so hard in the primary you you know you're thinking you're going to kind of prime the pump for what could be a you know a, a contentious race in the fall uh the problem with that is of course that when you spend one hundred and forty thousand dollars and you lose two to one like nobody's gonna want fuck to fucking give you any money in the fall like well, like so, you said jim like oh, but
1: also like to get rinsed when you like when you you also like nothing to do, do that but like you're spending your money terribly Looking over my numbers, it actually looks like they spent roughly the same amount, but Hartman spent most of her money on like stuff like TV ads, which are incredibly high impact. Mickey, like, Horner did like these fucking like, terrible mailers that had like 16 different like font types on them, <laughs> and one of them said something about how she changed her affliction. Not her
2: affiliation. That's right. That's right. No, they, they were headache-inducing. Yeah. yeah. They were bad. Yeah. I mean... They were pretty bad. I have a stack of them on my kitchen table. Yeah. Still. I
1: mean, so, like, like, if you're thinking about giving money to Mickey, you're like... Well you you wasted a bunch of money and got crushed and the money you spent it on was terrible stuff. Like it like why would why would we help you? So, sounds like me. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Right, yes. I spent most of my money on alcohol and women and I just wasted the rest. <laughs> Oh well, right. well, not a
3: good sign for Mickey. But moving on,
1: uh, Hartman. Um, like I said, they spent. She spent it roughly the same, but she had like twenty seven thousand left in her account at the end. Now, whereas Mickey, uh, yeah, he was getting money. Uh, you know, from well, having been in office for a long time, uh, some of the notable sources like West Wester gave him five hundred. Nino's Pizza gave him a thousand dollars. All that sweet pizza money. Uh, Lolly gave him five hundred. He got a thousand dollars from Mike Ransohoff, who we'll talk about later. He also got twenty five hundred dollars from the seventeen ninety one pack. Reid, you know what the seventeen ninety one pack is? Oh Jesus! Are they one of those like three percenter groups? They're, yeah, they're insane. out uh, of, Like West Seneca, seventeen ninety one is when the Bill of Rights was yeah officially That's passed. Second Amendment. Yeah, That's right. Yeah, yeah. It's the they they bring up. They say it's the Bill of Rights not specifically the Second <laughs> Amendment, but like I all guarantee them. you there are some of the Bill of Rights that they're not as big a fan of.
2: They're, they're, they're not so familiar with the exact wording of, of uh, some of them, yeah.
1: They would definitely quarter troops in their home. You know
2: I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh,
1: no doubt. Uh, all right, let's go, let's go to our, our friends on the Common Council. Some of these are pretty quick hits. Um, Chris Scanlon's got like $56,000 on the bank. Pretty significant uh, for that seat, I'd say. He's got the most money of any Common Council member. Uh, well, that we know of. Because um, <laughs> <right>. U- Ulysses <laughs> Lingo didn't file. Yeah. So who knows? Yeah, who knows? Uh, Joe Golombek, who also like said basically untouchable in his district crowd itself, had $53,000 in the account. Joe, it, as you guys know, like I get worked up when people have a bunch of unitemized things. He had... Almost three thousand dollars in unitemized individual donations. Now, yes, anything that's under a hundred dollars can be unitemized. But once that person cumulatively gives gets over a hundred dollars during the course of a campaign year to you, you're supposed to item go back and itemize all those things. And like we talked about, like it's one thing like it was like fifteen years ago when you were keeping track of everything yourself in like an Excel sheet and putting it in. But now, like it's so easy just to download stuff and like especially like if you're getting uh, donations. Uh, through uh, uh, Act Blue or Act whatever. Blue or yeah, or yeah. uh Red Winds or whatever the you know like you can just seamlessly transfer it over to the state system, so like you actually kind of almost have to go out of your way to not itemize everything. But then like all right, but let's say okay, sure, Joe, like you had all those itemized, he had over three hundred dollars in unitemized corporate donations. That is insanely wrong. You can't unitemize corporate because corporations are limited to a, a max of five thousand dollars a year to all candidates statewide. You know, from statewide to to, um, to the county level, they're like once they, they're maxed at five thousand. And if you know it's a corporate donation, you definitely know who it's from, right? Like you, you, it's not you're like, oh, I wonder where that like we got like we found these like six twenties. Like, no, no, it's like you know who you got it from. Similarly, they had six hundred ninety three dollars in unitemized others. Like, and not schedule A, schedule B. So, again, you know who it's from. You're just intentionally hiding the money. Any good reason why Joe Glombeck would do such a thing? Or uh, just to be an asshole? I mean, you know, with the unanimized corporate, like, certainly, like, if they give cash, or, or, I mean, I guess, like, fuck a money order who gives a shit, if they, you know, that they're close to like the 5,000 limit or, or definitely going to go over, that'd be one reason to hide them.
2: Yeah, well, my guess is more likely it's just laziness.
1: Right. That's that's my guess is that is that like you know they probably have the same person who's been like Joe's treasurer forever. So as much as I said like it's it's so easy to just transfer everything over. They may not know how to do it, or they've been just doing it this way forever. Yeah. So like I I don't want to prescribed malice as something that could be just much more explained by like just ineptitude
2: ineptitude. Yeah, yeah. Is, is most often the case. And it's a short walk from being like sort of ineptitudes, like, like I'm just not doing this anymore. Yeah. Which there are examples of that too. Right. And, yeah.
3: and who else cares, but cranks like us, really?
1: right. You know, like we're, we're the only ones yelling about it. Pridgen has a uh, 42,000 in his account. Uh, the only thing I noticed, uh, that I, uh, and I, so later I, I, I got bored and didn't go in, in depth with everybody, but, uh, Pridgen uh, went down for, like, a bill signing. He went to D.C., mm-hmm. and one of the expenses was $200 to him, and it was itemized as petty cash and meals in D.C. That's not how it works. Like, he could pay for meals, and you can reimburse him for meals, but you can't also just give him, like, here's some walking around money. <laughs> you can't
2: just <laughs> <a strike.
1: laughs> go get yourself something nice. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Like, we're busy. Go see a movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: right. <laughs> oh my
0: god. I hear Nope is good.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh has got 39,000 in the bank, but like his filings were pretty boring, just like what you would expect if you represented the Delaware district. Right. next, next is Mitch who has 36,000 in the bank. Uh he raised a bunch of money. He raised like 14,000 this cycle or this period. But speaking of being upset by unitemized, uh he had almost $5,000 in unitemized uh Schedule A funds. Which again, sure, maybe they were all. Although some of them were listed at like a hundred twenty five dollar donation, so like that's that's not even the ninety nine dollar donation, right? Um, You know, like it's one like generally when you like what you used to see with these on MIs, there'd be like one giant like amount, like and Mitch has that, like he's got like a twelve hundred dollar amount, like at the end of all all the donations. That's what it used to be because like all the cash that people would bring in, like oh we had a fundraiser was sixty dollars a head. People brought cash. We didn't make them sign in. He has like just about $300 on schedule C, which again is like these other donations. Again, if you know who it is, you know that it wasn't an individual, but you also know it wasn't a business. So you know who gave you that money. It's literally just safer and easier just to tell you who it was. Uh, So it ended up being though, but like with that high of amount, like 36% of all the money that he raised was unitemized, Jesus, which is an incredibly high. I'll let Joe Golombek kind of skate on that. I, I would think that Mitch
3: Nokowski's people would be a little bit more adept, I, perhaps. I, I,
2: I think we're going to see a lot more of that because it happened so because the Walton campaign last mm-hmm. year did did it like to an extraordinary rate right we yeah. hadn't seen previously, and they offered a, if you were willing to hear it, a reasonable explanation for it. You could still think to yourself, "Yeah, but you, you don't have to do it that way." Mm-hmm. I understand why you say you are doing it. They, it was in the end fine they weren't in any trouble for, for it because it was illegal and I'll bet we're gonna see a lot of candidates yeah. do that going forward right well that's,
1: that's because like you know the state campaign finance is so laughably enforced uh, compared to like the FEC stuff yes right yeah. like um, which is one of the reasons why like if you're a state candidate or a local candidate and you decide to run for a federal office you can't just take that money with you. Cause the FEC wants to know where all that money came from. And they're like, like, you know, the running for office in the state of New York, like the campaign finance I've often heard referred to as like just having like a, a dust drawer full of money.
2: Essentially. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, a, yeah, they, you can, that's exactly right. You can't use state money in a federal campaign. Cause at least New York state money is so dirty. Yeah. <laughs> it's just
1: after Mitch, there's a pretty steep drop off. Um, because Mitch was at thirty six, Wyatt up in university uh, has a little over ten thousand. Uh, the only thing that I noticed is like he had a fundraising expense in March, but no fundraiser.
3: <laughs> An exploratory <laughs> committee for a fundraiser, <laughs> checking out a venue. It, it was. It,
0: it wasn't. It wasn't. It was went out to a bar for wings well, and some beers. Well, that's,
1: yeah. it, that's the thing. Is like this it, place looks nice. It, if it was like if it was like a restaurant, yeah. I'd be like, well, okay, they just went and had a meal, and like you could, you know what, you actually can just say meals, and the state doesn't care. But it was actually for like royal or like some printing place. Huh? It's almost like they did plan on having a fundraiser, and then uh, never mind.
2: Or maybe they did have a fundraiser. Or yeah,
1: maybe. Well, that's <laughs> the other thing is like yeah, maybe they did have a fundraiser, and like we'll find that money later. Right after uh, Wyatt uh, Bowman uh, has like seventy five hundred left in, in his account, um, so he, he better hope that that gerrymander map really helps him out. Yeah, and then uh, and then and then we have council members wingo and rivera the mystery
2: the mystery men <laughs> uh
1: wingo just like basically never files which you would think would catch up with him but you know what the maston district council members have a long history of not being the best campaign finance filers
2: yeah demone smith never files. <laughs> right yeah I, I think he's still i think he I, but he actually got dinged for late fees yeah which is rare that the board of elections i think they were compelled to by, I think by reporters, mm-hmm. and and they levied a fine, but I don't think he ever paid it. Yeah,
1: uh, and then and then David David did file. He just filed a no activity report for the second time this year. Uh, so you have to go back to his July twenty twenty one report to see how much money he's got in the bank, which at that time was negative forty three hundred dollars. <laughs> can you do that? Can you have no money in the? Can you have negative money in the bank? Well, like we were talking about, like so at, once the election passes. And so, like, you know, this this has all been accrued since the last election. So, right. that, so David still can pay this off, and everything's okay. Once the election that this it's being towards is comes up, um, it's supposed to be considered a donation, uh, you know, unless it's a personal loan that you've attributed as a liability as a loan and liability. It's supposed to be just like, all right, well, I guess that was a contribution, and it just it goes in credit to your system. You're not supposed to have negative forty three hundred dollars somehow. He actually, at the beginning of that cycle, had negative $3,900 and spent $400 that he didn't have. <laughs>
2: you, you know, and not, to, not to pick on David, but, but, you know, I recall that this is the guy who accidentally made a donation to Mickey Kearns. Do you recall this? Mm-hmm. Be, he's so out of control of his, his campaign committee's finances that, that his treasurer, unbeknownst to him, Gave a whole ton of money from his account to Mickey Kearns, who was running as a Republican for clerk, and and Rivera was like, "You can't. I'm friends with Mickey, of course, old colleagues, but I can't. Who? Why did this happen? Right
1: wait, because like David was like <coughs> vice chair of the Democratic committee at the time,
2: and I think they went and asked Mickey for the money back, and at first, I think Mickey said. What money? <laughs> right, right, yeah. <laughs> but eventually, I think he gave it. Right, cap. but
1: initially, Mickey was like, "Finder's keeper." Shut up. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well,
2: and, th- and if I may interrupt, I could talk about the mayor now. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Jeez. So, so, <clears throat> so, speaking of negative campaign balances, this I saw this in the January filings, and, and then looked again in the July filings to see if it had been rectified. This condition I'm about to describe, because in fact, after the January filing, you may have seen the mayor filed a couple amended reports mm-hmm. to correct, let's call them errors rather than violations of law, um, <laughs> that were pointed out by a complaint to the Board of Elections during the mayoral campaign last year, last August, I think, uh, a formal complaint was made about not disclosing the ownership of LLCs, mm-hmm. about uh, about donations in excess of uh, of... Of contribution limits, all this other stuff—it's pretty specific, well-documented complaint in true New York State Board of Elections form. They said they didn't levy any penalties. They just said, "Can you just fix this?" Yeah. So, so Brown for Buffalo fixed it. What they didn't fix, what they couldn't fix, is the fact that the mayor is deep in debt from last year's election. There's at least at least one hundred and eighty-five thousand dollars in outstanding loans itemized in the most recent report. That's three times as much money as he has on hand, more than three times. Here's the thing, like Jim is saying, if you take a loan, or in this case, if you just don't pay a bill for an item, as soon as election day is over, that becomes a donation. And that means that in several cases, these people who just haven't had their bills paid are now in violation of the law. And that includes local vendors like Partners Press is according to the mayor's filing, owed nearly $40,000. And that's a donation now. The Atlanta lawyer that uh, tried to get him on the ballot, the mayor owes him like 40 grand. That's an illegal donation too. And there's a couple others. There's a couple consulting firms from like DC and one from companies that did various like Mm -hmm. marketing work. They're owed owed lots of money too. And there's some small ones too. Like it looks like there's a pizzeria that was owed $357. That's just bad form, you know, but... But it's not going to like make the pizzeria guilty of a misdemeanor,
1: right? It probably wasn't Nino since they're giving all their money to Mickey. <laughs>
2: That's right. No, it wasn't Nino's. I can't remember who it was. Mustachios. Oh, okay. I think Mustachios. Um, but anyway, so I don't know. I don't know what how they resolve this. Mm-hmm. You know, they raise some money and pay off the debt, probably. But they haven't. They haven't done it so far. They haven't done it in the last six months. Are there any
3: repercussions for this? For Like, I mean, serious ones. This is a lot of money. We're not talking Dave Rivera, 4,300 in the hole. We're talking significant
1: amounts of money. Will somebody come calling on this at some point if he doesn't get it resolved? You know, like Partners Press, like, if they wanted to cut off ties with the mayor and all these political organizations that spend money with them, they could sue the mayor. But what's going to happen is that he'll tell everybody and they'll go, well, we don't want to deal with them. Even though, like, the reason why they did they didn't sue the mayor because they're like, hey, you know, we just don't like you. It's hey, you owe us forty thousand dollars. Like that's that's a substantial amount of money for a, a small business. It's not like they, they have forty thousand dollars on the hook with Starbucks and like Howard Schultz is just going to absorb it. Like it's just one less trip to the whaling wall for Howard Schultz. <laughs>
2: yeah, and also one of the uh, one of the debts is eighty nine hundred dollars to a company. I think they're in Tonawanda called awards by walshes they make stuff like you they'll make you know for you like a a bowling trophy Mm -hmm. or a plaque or maybe like a rubber stamp Mm -hmm. i don't know for example i'm not sure what (laughs) that they made a rubber stamp but my guess is having looked at who the mayor has paid in the last year and a half for various things that's it yeah that eighty nine hundred dollars is for the stamps and he didn't pay them wow not yet right
3: okay what a what, uh, a, a really, what, a, what a metaphor re,
2: by the way.
1: <laughs> really actually is taking a page from like donald trump's book of like how he ran his businesses yeah. for. <laughs> right exactly Seriously. so do you want to talk about the state senate now sure all right so the state senate will start off with uh the, the where there's the actual the race uh first there's the big primary since joel dropped out there's only a primary one size mm-hmm. uh, we've got senator sean ryan who raised about two hundred twenty thousand dollars and he's got about four hundred eleven thousand dollars left. He also had some unitemized donations, but like not that much. And like he did have a couple of fundraisers where he probably would get some cash handed in. So like it makes more sense. And it like when you raise two hundred twenty thousand dollars and you had like less than fifteen hundred dollars in unitemized donations, you're doing the best job you can basically to keep track of everything. Yeah. And his primary opponent, Senator Ben Carlisle. Uh, <laughs> Mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. uh i can't contain my lab. so uh so sent uh ben uh did file his 30 day to a uh, 32 day pre-primary after he filed the uh july 15th filing i think he's a little early on it but like i guess like whatever like you're within like a uh, range of error uh, but mostly because like as of july 15th he only had 97 dollars left uh but thanks to a couple of timely and very accurate donations uh, f- f- by the 32 <laughs> pre-primary, he is a, has exactly $666 left in his account. Wow. You need to queue up some Iron Maiden. For this <laughs> yeah,
0: okay, all right. Yeah. No, yeah. with the I'll get, I'll get that
1: going. Um, yeah, uh, this, his two major expenses this year, uh, he had to spend $1,500 on Jim Ostrowski. I, that, I'm sure it was that to, to make sure he got on the ballot. That was indeed. And, and then he spent over $500 on pens.
2: that's amazing because he's got pens and you've got notebooks right yeah Yeah. would be unstoppable how about
0: that
3: god damn
0: do his pens have famous movie quotes on them (laughs) you know i love that we have a local crank
3: again you know like it's truly this is good it's been a while since we've had a guy like this who just You know, he's just (laughs) out there running races for no good reason by spending $500 on pens.
2: Every generation produces a hero.
1: (laughs) So, I mean, I'm I'm not sure exactly how many pens you get for $500. Uh, You know, I mean, buying them in bulk, I would guess like 2,000 pens, which, like, you know what, if, like, for each pen he gives out, if he gets a primary vote, he wins the primary. That's true. I don't think I don't think that's going to work out that way. But you know, uh, pens also not maybe like the best thing that you could spend your money on. Like I would maybe do like if I had limited money, mailers or something like that. Mm. But or maybe like a robocall, which is pretty cheap. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't be like, well, these pens are going to carry me to victory. Uh, but you know, what I mean, so you say now, Jim? Yeah. So on the other side of the uh, the Republican side, uh, Ed Rath raised uh, like fifty one and a half thousand. So he had a hundred forty-five left. He he also very little unitemized. Most of the thing was itemized uh, But notice, uh, no, one of the main donations that I noticed was that he got $5,000 from former State Senator Mike Ransenhofer. Mm. Not a personal donation, though, because Mike Ransenhofer, who hasn't been in the State Senate for like four years, has $794,000 left in his campaign account.
2: So Mike Ransenhofer is not going to be writing a lot of personal checks in the oh. next <laughs> 10 to 20 years.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I made... I mean, I, I was actually surprising, like, looking at, like, so I, I, I was like, well, let me look at Rance's filings, and it's only, like, just, like, very limited political donations, and that's it. Uh, most other politicians, honestly, would be going out to eat all the time if they had that much money, and they would just be chalking it up to, like, business meetings and right. meals. And But Ranz is like, no, no, that's, that would be an inappropriate use of the funds. So <laughs> and, and instead, he, he gave 5000 to Rath, he gave $1,000 to Mickey, he gave a thousand dollars to Zeldin, and he gave a thousand dollars to Langworthy's campaign. And there, was, he, he also gave like five hundred. He gave a
2: thousand dollars to Langworthy's uh, congressional campaign.
1: Oh, well, so it's weird. You can give money from state campaigns to federal campaigns. You just can't if you are if you are a candidate. You can't take your state money with
2: you. Interesting. That makes no sense whatsoever. So yeah, <laughs> so you so you
1: you totally could launder all your money. Yeah. By like distributing, and and that was actually if mahailu when he ran for congress was smarter that's what he would have done. remember when he gave all like those bonuses to his yeah. controller staff and then they all gave donations the exact same size yeah if he had just reached out to like the town committees and said all right hamburg i'll give you a $1000 but then you guys give me a $1000 all and and then nobody would have been able to complain about it because it would have been t- totally legal mm-hmm. And of so the way he did it like he was like well th- i would have to like call like i don't know jerry Stanek or somebody out and like you know, in, in Alden, and get them to agree to do this, and like, may, like, and probably rightfully so because he's he's often reviled in the Republican Party, like where he would write the check for a thousand dollars, and they, then they'd be like, "Sorry, finder's keeper, shut up," and right. not give him the thousand dollars. Or here's
2: that check for five hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. uh
1: So, and then uh state senate also Rob ort up in Niagara County. He's got uh two hundred fifty-two thousand. He raised like two hundred thousand, but then like spent 190 he's also the republican uh, senate leader so like 75k was a transfer to the senate republican campaign committee uh so he's just keeping that thing alive notably for his friend local friend ed Rath is probably going to be the main recipient of a lot of that money mm-hmm. pat Gallivan had 175k it looks like he stopped paying like he did a couple years ago but i like bring up like he used to pay off that personal credit card with his campaign finance right. but that doesn't seem to be happening anymore and uh, then you know the the big donkey in the room uh, Tim Kennedy. Uh,
2: Tim, you want to rephrase it? The big donkey in the no, room. No, no, no. Okay. I, he, he got it right the first yeah. time. Uh, <laughs> uh,
0: I mean, I've never heard that saying. I think, I think that, that started here today. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, the big, the don- big donkey in the room. nobody has ever said that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> i think of Tim Kennedy from now on. as the big donkey in the room. That's, I hope I don't accidentally, the next time I'm in a room with him, go up to him and say, hello, Big Donkey.
0: Big Donkey, yeah. <laughs> big donkey. Yeah, that, that was his stage <laughs> name back in the day, the yeah. Big Donkey. Right.
2: Yep. <laughs> creating
0: sorry. 1950s rockabilly hits, oh, yeah.
2: Oh,
3: boy.
1: I, uh, gotta stop. <laughs> so, so that giant donkey raised $600,000 this cycle. Uh, which puts him at like two point one million in his account,
2: which is crazy. It's like it's, just, it's, it's more damn. money than like than like probably I'm sure than Tom DeNapoli, probably more than Letitia James, or about the same.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the only one I can think of that like definitely has more is Gianaris has like six million in his account. Yeah,
2: he's like a machine too. Yeah, That's she probably learned it from Gianaris. Probably, yeah, it's amazing, and he like and and he is a river unto his people, right? So he, yeah. he kicks back. At least ten percent to um, to state committee parties, local candidates, stuff yeah. like that. You know, he's definitely like yeah, getting ready for the next big. But I mean, dance. I
1: mean, in the local state senate, like all the rest of them combined, have less money than Tim Kennedy does by himself.
2: Yeah, and it's interesting. So, so Ryan definitely, you know, did okay raising money this year. It's an election year for him, and you look at his top donations if you arrange the. Ch- it by, like, top donations, you just see union, 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 yep. union, union. And you see a, a lot of those same unions in Kennedy's file, too, but they're way down in the middle. The ones at the top are just rich people and companies. Yeah. You know, and, like, developers and mm-hmm. corporations of various kinds. He just gets them all. Yeah. yeah. but And he gets the union money as well.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, if you look at Sean's, like, Sean is getting, like, you know, $2,500 from IUPAC and stuff like that. And Tim gets that money, but he also gets, like, $6,000 from, like, you know somebody, some you know Wall Street broker in Manhattan, right? Uh, and that you know Sean just doesn't get that money.
3: You know we we've talked on the show, we've speculated obviously many different times about Tim Kennedy doing this or Tim Kennedy doing that with all his money. Does he just want to be the the straw that stirs the drink? Is he just want to have a sphere of influence so large with that money that you know he effectively has control of the whole region? Like why why would somebody of Tim Kennedy's I don't know, position. Why would he raise that much money without having what we would consider like higher aspirational goals, or maybe he does and hasn't disclosed them yet. Like, what are we thinking? Why, how, why is he such a machine or why did he become such a machine fundraising wise? Do we know?
2: I think because he does have higher ambitions. I mean, his ambitions are to, to be the straw that stirs the drink, to be powerful, but also to be prepared Yeah. for, for and he'll be prepared for whatever, whichever of two, Mm-hmm. Or three things open up for him, which would be to be county executive. Nah, he doesn't want to be county executive. He wants to be either mayor or he wants to be congressman, mm-hmm. I think. so.
1: I, I, I And I wonder if, like, now he's got something, like, that Congress is coming up. Because, like we said, you can't take it with you. Yeah. Uh, so I wonder if Congress is maybe off the table for him now. And he's just looking at, like, you know, maybe being mayor. I don't think county executive. I, th- I think another thing that Tim's thinking is, that, like, look, as long as crystal is around and she's majority leader western new york is not also is not getting another leader spot in the legislature but when crystal retires he uh, with having millions of dollars and spreading money around like he does could have an outside shot or even maybe a decent shot at being senate majority leader yes Uh, and then holy shit does the money really flow in for you yeah, and then and then you like you want it, now you're not just the the uh, straw that stirs a drink in Western New York you stir all of New York State,
2: right? Yeah, it's an immensely powerful position, and I don't know the last time Western New York had that powerful a person in the state senate was probably Walter Mahoney. Yeah, you yeah. know it's like that far back. Mm. You know, I mean George Maziars was a powerful guy, but not in the same way.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it. it, it I, people who are going to say, "Well, no, you, you guys are f- forgetting Maziar's, I think you need to look at like what how strong Mahoney actually was, yeah, and how important he actually was, and you'll realize that like he was just in a totally different universe from like Massey-R's. Yes, um, for sure. And so I, I think that I think that is maybe a, a goal of Kennedy's. But I mean, like, look, it's long been rumored that Mayor is like number one on his sites, um, and that like. He's close with with Byron, so like he hasn't like actively gone after him. Although, if if Tim knew, uh, you know, in hindsight now, exactly how well India's campaign in the primary was going to be against the mayor, I think he would have jumped in last year and said, "Okay, you guys, you guys go ahead and, and fight it out and kill each other here, and I'll just slide through and then have two million dollars to run a campaign on." All right, and then I get I have three assembly races to to talk about. Um, none of them really moving the needle very much. Uh, The three incumbent Democrats around here started off with Monica. So if you remember last cycle, she ran against insane Frank Smirchek and almost lost. Yeah. Right. Uh, You know, actually on election night was behind and it was absentees that pulled her ahead. Well, it's a rematch this year. Uh, And I've heard uh, from different sources that uh, Smirchek, he's not receiving as much support from the, the, county committee as he was two years ago um, and he's personally disappointed so he's been pouting like he, he didn't do any of his own petitions this year and he's not really going out and campaigning much he has forty two hundred dollars in his account uh monica it's a little thin yeah. monica has 121 whoo quite a difference there quite a quite a difference Whoa.
2: There. yeah
1: um so you know, she has definitely been making the rounds and uh raising money um, you know, it's still, I mean, it was also with redistricting, her, her district is actually a little bit easier for her now. She spent way more than that last time to save her seat. So, um, And then speaking of having to ha- borrow, get a lot of money from Albany to save their seat, uh, Pat Burke has only $54,000 in his account, actually hmm. has less money now than he did in January. But uh, his Republican opponent, uh, Sandy Magnano, There's absolutely no record found online for a campaign account. That's not true. If you put in her name, you know it's like taxpayers for Sandy comes up, but then there's absolutely nothing. No records ever been filed. No filings ever happened. So like other like they created the account and then they've never done anything with it.
2: Right. Baby steps. Right. Baby steps. <laughs> Training <laughs> wheels. Right, yeah.
1: You know, maybe in three or four races they'll have something in there. And then uh Assemblyman Conrad has a little under thirty one thousand, like thirty point five. Not great, but I mean it's just his first term. He's running against oh, Scott Marzazzuski. Right. Yeah. Um has like forty four hundred. You know, and that's it's, it's Different, like where check like only having 4200 to Monica's 121, obviously being dwarfed. Uh, 44 to 30 is a little bit closer, but uh, one, the district's pretty safe for Conrad, it's pretty hard for a Republican to win, and also, like, anecdotally, I saw this Marcezowski when we were at Kenmore Days, yeah. and he was trying, like, he had a couple Sorry. of volunteers with him, and they were trying to hand out like literature inside the beer tent at Kenmore Days. And I was like, "You guys might as well be throwing those <laughs> on the ground right now." Like, there's no <laughs> way anybody gives a shit about you guys at Kenmore uh, Days. No. Like, like what you should have just done is like, like when you pick them up from wherever, like from Elma Press or wherever you got them, as immediately like then gone and like thrown in the nearest culvert because that's where they're just getting up anyways.
3: <laughs> <That's crazy.
2: laughs>
3: So how does a shit for brains like that like end up raising thirty thousand for a race he's probably
1: going to lose? No, no, he's got four. four, forty four. I'm sorry, forty four. That's pretty easy to raise four thousand yeah, dollars. No, I I know. I guess right. I yeah. mean, because I mean, some of it like like you know like the Tunnel Republican Committee gave him some money and stuff like that. You know, like yeah, and, you know, like, and when you get a couple of five hundred dollar chunks and then like you know like you know he's got some family. Okay. Right. You know, and like some of the money he gave so it's himself just a friends and family operation. Then we're right. assuming. Yeah. I mean, you know, cause like look, Ben Carlyle, like, you know, now jokingly has six, six, six in his account, but he had more, like he paid Ostrowski $1,500. And like I said, you know, he spent an insane amount of money on pens. Uh, so, like, he, 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 so we know what he's willing to do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had a couple of thousand dollars. Right. Uh, yeah, that's true. So like, you know, it, yeah, four thousand, four thousand, five thousand dollars isn't much. Once somebody gets like like the eight to ten thousand range, all right. Well, now they're actually like people are buying in a little bit. Uh, so I do want to uh, bring up like just like kind of a side I noticed um, uh, last year. We talked about how in the county ledge races um, that there was a deal made. Um, my understanding from, from like people in ECDC with Frank Darrell, the Republican out in Lancaster, that they wouldn't run anybody out him, against him in, in Lancaster, all in Depew, which is a very competitive district in the in the county legislature uh, in exchange for him basically staying out of uh, the Lancaster town races, my understanding, which then the Lancaster Republicans swept the primaries and there was no November race. Really? Everybody, they, they won all the lines. Um, and, uh, to pay back uh, ECDC and, and the Democratic leadership for their support last year and not running a race against him, uh, he gave a bunch of money to Mickey Kearns this year.
2: <laughs> so, so it's a bad deal. And, and it's not, <laughs> it
0: didn't, doesn't turn out to look like the best
2: deal. Oh, yeah. oh my God. I, How many L's easy. are there in Zellner? <laughs>
0: How many L's now? Yeah. <laughs> Zell- right, that's,
3: Zellner.
1: Speaking about the big donkey in the room. <laughs>
2: I think uh, what, what I think I think we would be remiss if we didn't add uh, the campaign finance balance for a candidate we may not have expected to actually be on the ballot. Congratulations to Eddie Egru. Yeah, oh yes, he yeah. got himself on the ballot. It cost him uh, tens of thousands of dollars in legal <laughs> bills, apparently, because he raised a hundred thousand in, um, dollars, including ninety-one thousand dollars in a personal loan. Since January, his balance is currently forty-seven hundred. Mm. So he paid oh, a lot to lawyers to, uh, but he won, yeah. and he's on the ballot for the first time. Is it ever? Might, might be, or did he it, make it on the ballot? He may not want like not the uh,
1: not the cycle against uh, Nancy Naples, but maybe the, the the next cycle right after that. Yeah, <clears> been like that two, might be. It would be like 2006 or or two thousand six so, or something like that something like that, yeah yeah,
2: I think, yeah like, I think I think when I first came back to Buffalo, he actually made it on the ballot, so like two thousand six or
1: whatever yeah, yeah, at o four when it was the Naples Higgins race, I don't think he was on the ballot, yeah, but I think o six I think he actually made it on yeah for the listeners, what's the history behind eddie uh he he runs for Congress against Higgins yeah. every single year, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, a democratic primary against Higgins every single
2: time. And and typically he doesn't make it onto the ballot, but yeah. this time and this time he wasn't going to either. But, uh, you know, the the Higgins campaign got his p- petition invalidated, but he went to court mm-hmm. and the judge gave him like like n plus 14 signatures or something like that, you mm-hmm. know. So
1: so I I uh, I didn't look into uh I'll <clears throat> I'll cover uh next month when we get closer to the uh federal primary. We can talk about uh Carl and Nick yeah and when where, where their money's coming at um,
2: and where it's going to
1: and where it's going to yeah um, I
0: will say it's interesting uh, I would expect Carl's actually to end in 666 <laughs> I guess we'll <laughs> see about that unintentionally yeah unintentionally, unintentionally yeah. yeah. Um, it
1: if you're if you're feeling you know, froggy and you want to go onto the campaign finance website you can also search by like uh, vendors and how who they've been how much money they've made uh and you, it's it's a it's an easy if you put it in if if that name shows up anywhere in there, or those those that collection of letters? So if you search like N I C Langworthy, so you get Nick and Nicholas. Yeah. Uh, all the money he's been paid by various campaigns and can com- like and yeah, when he was chairman of the E C R C, like he, obviously he was drawing a salary, but all the additional money that different candidates have paid him over the years.
2: Yeah, as a personal as a as a personal consultant, or to to his company, yep. Liberty Opinion Research, Liberty Strategies, which is now run by his wife. Right. He said when he made, when he uh, was elected state chair, oh, I'm just going to shut that down. But it's still listed on his candidate's campaign finance disclosure for with the FEC, or rather with the House Oversight, whatever mm-hmm. House Ethics Committee. Um. He he lists it as a as a viable business mm-hmm. that pays a salary to both he and his wife, or at least to his wife, but that doesn't give a range to as to how much. Yeah. Which is a thing you're supposed to put in there. <laughs> so <laughs>
3: All right. Well, I think that's it for the the yeah. campaign finance stuff. Yeah. Um,
2: if anybody
1: has, if you have any specific campaign finance stuff that you're like, oh, I, I, why don't you cover this town race? Probably because I didn't want to. Right. But if you ask me, I'll look into it and I'll find it. I'll, I'll I'll do it. So, reach out to us on on the Twitter. Yeah. If you're real sicko and freak for something
3: and you want us to talk about it, just just let us know. <laughs> we, we will <laughs> Twitter or Discord. Yeah. Yell, Ye- yell at us there. Yep. Um. Last little bit non campaign finance related thing here, but I do want to shout out. The uh, the world naked bike ride uh, here in Buffalo, uh, organized by Mickey Harmon and and friends and volunteers who are part of it. Um, it's technically a protest. Uh, that's how they are allowed to be naked in public. Is that it's a
0: protest? Yeah. So it's it's protesting. Yeah. You know, uh, how big does Clorox wipes uh, make out on on the naked bike ride? Right oh, now? I'm sure they they yeah. make a killing on this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I,
1: I, I was talking about this yesterday with a friend. they was like, would you do it? I was like, like. I'm sore riding a bike
0: anyways. Yeah. I was like, I'd have to get like a hemorrhoid seat. Yeah, right. <laughs> Gold bond. You yeah. Know, yeah. Well, it's, you know, Big sponsor the event.
3: Right. Right. It, it's, you know, it's a protest, obviously uh, vehicle dependency, car dependency, and of course for bike safety. And yep. there was a, um, a moving tribute before the event started for Sarah Rogers, the cyclist who was killed in South Buffalo, mm-hmm. um, by a driver who had a, a medical emergency and, I mean, he hit her, and also uh, injured two other people pretty pretty badly. Um, so there's fundraisers out there for them. But it was it was a great event. It was a you know a great vibe, as we say. Um, awesome after party. There were some great performances. Uh, Vidalia was actually one of the performers at the after party. So really cool. Um, I know. You know, I'm not telling you to get naked, but. Put your, uh,
0: put your inhibitions not aside. Yet. Not yet.
3: <laughs> <laughs> put your inhibitions aside and, you know, hang out a little. Be a little fun. Uh-huh. So that's all we got uh, here. How naked well,
0: were you, Ree? I,
3: okay. I went shirtless for okay. the ride. Okay. I wore shorts. Okay. Not not because I'm some kind of prude, but because, okay. you know, the logistics of it all. Oh, I, sure. The chafing. I would just prefer to wear bike shorts. Yep.
1: Understood. Uh, the Eventbrite is out for the kickball game, yes. August 13th. Uh, check out that. Fully clothed kickball game. Fully yep. clothed. Mostly clothed. Uh, <laughs> uh, where, do
2: you, where do you play kickball?
1: Well, was, was, this is the first year we're doing it. So we're doing it at Franzick Park.
2: Oh, okay. Uh,
1: we're doing it at Franzick Park, August 13th, 2 to 4. Uh, we've got tickets online for Eventbrite. It includes t t-shirt, a couple of drinks, and some food afterwards. Um, and any additional money, after we pay all the expenses off, uh, we'll be going to uh, Buffalo Women's Services this year. Yes. Yes. We don't,
3: unlike uh, certain political candidates, we pay the people that are providing us services. So yeah. we will pay the vendors that we work with. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll have plenty of money left over to, uh, help out Buffalo women's services.
1: Yeah, as well. It's uh it's, it's $40 a person. Like I said, t-shirts some food, some drinks. And plus we, we're going to pay the, uh, the umpires. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yes. I and, should think so. Well, well yeah, we house, believe in paying house house for house labor. to get them to right. make the calls. You oh, want well, them to make.
0: well uh, yeah, yeah, let's let, uh, tell them about the, <laughs> like, like, wait, don't well, forget to use, tip your
2: umpire. Yeah, we,
0: we, we used to be in a, a Waka. What right. was it? Twelve years ago, maybe at this point, yeah. the the Waka, the National League. I don't know if they're still around anymore, but they used like the free green portions of Delaware Park, and they had other players volunteer, well, voluntold to referee other games that you weren't playing in, oh. in exchange for a free beer at the bar after, and and it was the pits because all your other friends were out drinking, and right. you had to stick around and get yelled at by.
1: It was it was a giant players. scam too because yeah. also
0: uh, you weren't allowed to get like a, a,
1: a any place to sponsor you.
2: Really, you,
1: all of you had to go to geckos. Yes. It was the only. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, and is know, this was,
2: some kind of cult? <laughs> well, it
1: was, it was, well, I, I so the, but the guy who ran it never showed up to geckos, which was a bad idea for him because like I did the math, I was like, he's charging like seventy five dollars a person. There was like twenty people team on uh, a team. There was like fifteen teams. He's not paying greens fees for the field because we're just using wherever the random grass is available at yeah. Delaware Park. He's not paying umps. holes,
0: turned ankles, all that. Right.
1: Yeah, he's he's not paying for umpires, like like we had like a kickball and some bases, and that was about all that you had. Yeah, so you and, applied your campaign finance skills to and, this, and the T-shirts that we got were like the generic national T-shirts. They didn't say like Buffalo Walk. They just they were just like <laughs> yeah. the generic, like probably like six dollars a piece. I was like, so we're paying like it was like seventy-five or eighty dollars for essentially like maybe like. And there was no drink specials at the bar. I'm sure Gecko's no. like gave him a kickback to like to, out, yeah. to get people to go yeah. there. And I was I did the math. I was like, he's making like forty-five to fifty thousand dollars a session after expenses a
0: season so there's a summer season a spring season a fall season yeah yeah to
1: do like no work like because like uh, the, uh the, like the schedule was just like a google spreadsheet
2: how how long did this uh did he keep this operation running oh, well, well not not,
0: he- not for much longer after i started telling everybody who was playing in the league what uh, a scam it yeah. was. yeah crazy yeah, again, I don't know if it's so, there are local leagues though that yeah. do much better for the players, right, playing the game. So, and it was also it uh, the games were timed.
1: They weren't like a set number of innings. So, like most games like you only got to kick the ball like once. Mm-hmm.
0: Jeez. <laughs> yeah, it was brutal. Well,
1: but ours is going to be our
0: games going to yeah, be much it, better it, than right. that. We believe
3: in paying for the labor. Right. Yes. Yeah, we, yeah. So, we're going to have a great time. Uh, so 40 bucks, 40 bucks for all that, food, t-shirt, uh, some drinks. The Holy privilege
0: shit. of seeing your favorite podcast hosts. Oh, yeah. hanging
3: out with us. Right. Yeah. Man, you could pay double that and still, you know, <laughs> listen, you could pay $80
1: <laughs> to hang out with me and that still wouldn't be enough. Uh-huh. Okay. So you're really getting a steal. Right. Uh, and, and if you're lucky, maybe you get some notebooks and we'll get some, so you can see if we get some Senator Ben pens. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah, dude. <laughs> All right. Thanks again, Jeff Kelly, The Investigative Post.
3: We can find you at. Well, you can use the Internet, the, the investigative post
2: dot uh, com dot org well. We are a not for profit investigative journalism center. Mm-hmm. So that's that. Mm-hmm. Orgy.
3: Awesome. Well, thanks again. We love every time we have Jeff on again. It's an honor and a privilege. And uh, I'm sure we'll see you again soon.
2: Pleasure's all mine.